1: Listening to Sports Econ One Hundred and One, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host Edward Brown, along with my co-host Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality, and we're also we're going to have a uh, another co-host here, uh, Russell Jackman, who has been on the show before, and he's actually uh, a, a been a manager of an independent wrestling. Uh, Federation, we'll call it. Uh, but our special guest today is David Spitz, who's going to come on in the next segment because we got to go through our quick little intro of what we're doing today. Uh, and he's an athletic trainer. He's referred by Steve Baker, who's a sports agent, who's been on our show many, many times. Uh, so at each commercial break, we're going to ask a trivia question. And today's theme is sports facts. So we'll see uh. if you guys know the uh, answer to that. And, I'm uh, good with sports facts. Yes, you are. And Try, well, so, uh, let, let me allegedly. see you about these. Uh, okay, so I got a hard one, uh, and I think two easy ones. Oh, okay. For you. For oh, you. Okay. Geez, but okay. they're different sports. It's not just baseball. Okay. Which we know, we all love baseball. 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 And, um... Let's see, this segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are still currently yielding over 7.5% secured by Bay Area real estate, mostly Bay Area. Uh, it doesn't get any more conservative than that. you got to check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Don't ever of- say
2: conservative to a liberal like me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So we, in fact, Bruce and I have always talked about doing point counter. Yeah, we'd have a fun time. We, we, we would, because I'm the conservative one.
2: I like your camera, by the way. That, is, like that, that? is cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, except for it's not a very flattering picture of me. You look like. You know, you're. you're yeah, I got, I got the big schnoz. Russell here. and I are just sitting over here, okay. looking like we just woke up out of bed. No, we yeah. should do it. We should do
1: a count pointer count because I'm the intelligent one, and you're the liberal.
2: That's
3: right. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh, on that and Russell's going to stay out on that yeah, one, right, yeah. Russ? If I ever want to be reinvited back. That's yeah.
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Listen, we all, we all have to respect each other's. Opinions. That's
2: right. That's why it's America. We all have different stripes politically. You That's know? right. And yeah. this
1: is a sports show, so we try not to get into. Yeah, too but much in of sports,
2: everybody's stuff. everybody's just having fun. That's why we get into sports, so we don't have and to. And it deal doesn't with
1: all get it. political at all. No, no, no never. 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 <laughs> never. <laughs> all right. Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. When we come back, we're going to have David Spitz on, who's an athletic trainer. He's going to tell us all about training. Don't touch that, though.
4: PacificPrivateMoney.com
5: Experience the best Napa Valley has to offer. A perfect combination of wine country serenity and urban hospitality at one of Napa Valley's most luxurious hotels, the River Terrace Inn. Less than an hour's drive from San Francisco in the Bay Area, the River Terrace Inn offers the perfect Napa retreat and is the perfect home base for exploring the wine country in Napa Valley. The River Terrace Inn features luxurious accommodations, personalized services, and a serene riverfront setting. And it's within easy walking distance to various tasting rooms, shopping, and restaurants. Their own Alba Restaurant offers riverfront dining and a menu that highlights shareable, seasonal items that feature local products and natural ingredients the River Terrace Inn is a spectacular setting for wine country vacation getaways. It's also an ideal place to host meetings or special events. For a change of pace, set aside time in your travel plans to experience the charms of wine country at the River Terrace Inn. Book your stay at RiverTerraceInn.com. Whitewater rafting is the ultimate team sport.
6: And since 1972, Mother Lode River Center has been running river trips from mild to wild on the American River, California's most popular whitewater rafting destination. The company has taken thousands of happy guests downriver while maintaining the industry's best safety record. Mother Lode River Center is California's original whitewater resort, spanning half a mile of gorgeous riverfront. An ideal choice for birthday parties, family vacations, or an adventurous day out with friends. Motherload is the only rafting outfitter with an on-site zip line and high ropes challenge course. Exciting new offerings this season include the best of the gold country package with whitewater rafting, ziplining, gold panning, overnight accommodations and meals combined for the ultimate weekend of fun. Book your trip today by calling 530-626-4187 or visit us at modlode.com, See you on the river. Shop Lowe's for deals to help you
4: save on those outdoor projects popping up on your to-do list. For your lawn, get 50% off all Pennington One Step complete. Pennington One Step is a grass seed mix that contains mulch, seed, and fertilizer to help you grow a dark green, drought-resistant lawn. Get yours today for 50% off. All projects have a starting point. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through May 2nd, while supplies last. Selection varies by location. See store for details, U.S. only. Welcome back to Sports Econ
1: One Hundred and One. Edward Brown here, along with Bruce McGowan and our other special co-host Russell Jackman. All right, on the phone we have David Spitz, who is an athletic trainer. Uh, David, welcome to the best. Uh, to best, I have another radio show called The Best of Investing. I recorded yesterday. Welcome to Sports Econ One Hundred and One.
7: Thank you, guys, for having me. Absolutely.
1: I think we've
2: had David on before, haven't no, we? No, no this is the first, first time.
1: It's the first okay. time. We had someone else who was athletic.
2: Trainer. Oh, right, right, right. Not right. as good as David. Not as of good as David, of course. No, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: so, um, uh, David, uh, off-air we asked you, but I'll ask you again. Do you have a specialty sport um, that you like? Is it mostly football players, or is it across the gambit?
7: Well, uh, I think, like I said before, I'm sport agnostic, so we have a variety of sports that we work with here, uh, everything from swimming to golf and volleyball, uh, rugby, um, but uh really where our expertise lies is in peak performance. And what I mean by that is setting an anchor date at some point in time and training up to achieve some sort of really desirable result at that anchor date.
1: Hmm. Is there so different kind of. I
7: kind of, combine is, is, is perfect for us.
1: I mean, I got to think that there's different kind of training for different sports, you know, like in, uh, you know, maybe you don't do a bunch of weightlifting for swimming and that sort of thing.
7: Yeah. I mean, there, are they, there is but uh you know at the end of the day we believe that building a better athlete is going to make a better baseball player building a better athlete is going to make a better uh sprinter in the pool so it's one of those things where you know you do have to keep in mind the different energy systems that are required uh, but at the end of the day everybody needs you know strength and power and flexibility and mobility and balance and and symmetry, you know those those types of things that just are very general qualities are important across all sports. Yeah, you know, those
2: are the things that I've I've uh, sadly lost over the years. And every time I get up now, I'm, I'm lucky enough if I uh, am <laughs> able to to maintain my balance. Got to ask you though about um, training because it just seems like the. The field has gotten so much more sophisticated. Back when I was a kid in the in the nineteen sixties, there were trainers, but it was very rudimentary. And now it's become so specialized. I mean, w- when did the revolution in training really begin, David?
7: Well, I think that uh, there is something to be said for just the advent of uh, strength and conditioning in the college game. So mm. the idea that you know Oklahoma started uh, a strength and conditioning program way back in the day. In the 70s, and that kind of just spawned this whole revolution for, hey, you know what? If we build better athletes, not only will they be able to run faster and hit harder, but they stay more durable. Uh, we can get we can get more out of them on the field. They're, they spend less time in the training room uh, treating injuries, and so you know it became you know just a, a tool to to uh, help athletes achieve their goals and to help coaches achieve their goals. I
1: guess that's how they they got Gatorade, right? Mm. They did it for the Florida Gators.
7: Yeah, exactly right.
1: Yeah. You know, the way I look at it is every day I wake up without a toe tag on. I'm happy. Uh, I I
3: had a question, and that is uh, we're seeing a lot of specialization going on with uh, kids these days. I have uh, six-year-old twins, and I'm already seeing parents that are trying to specialize their kids into one area of sports or another, whereas when I was younger, we just tried to do everything, and we did it all very poorly. So I don't know. (laughs) What are you seeing as far as, like, parents trying to push their kids is there a level at which you say that maybe they should back off and let kids be kids or is now you know hey everything is so specialized if you don't get them going by six or seven years old forget it they'll never be olympic athletes or whatever
7: well i think that's a great question and you know some of it is sports specific so uh, if you don't start specializing in gymnastics until you're 11 years old that ship has sailed Uh, so there are some sports where you have to have early specialization because the peak of the life cycle for that athlete is much younger. Um, but for most sports, uh, and especially the team sports that you know we know and love from baseball, basketball, football, uh, we really advocate a general uh, application of training in the early stages. So different different sensitivity periods exist throughout your development. Um, but you know, for me personally, I have an athletic life plan that I've built for all my children. I have a two year old, a four year old and a six year old. Um, and everything starts, uh, with swimming in the pool. And then we introduce gymnastics and then we work into some bilaterally symmetrical sports like, uh, track and field, you know, to learn to sprint, uh, and to run properly and then weightlifting to be able to move, um, and produce force and receive force properly, um, and then you know we'll work into the the bilaterally symmetrical team sports like basketball and uh, and soccer. But you know until they get um, a decent framework of athleticism underneath their belt, we really really try to not specialize.
1: Yeah, well, you know what's interesting too is, is someone sent me this uh, YouTube about an older guy and and how he trains. And this guy's like in his. Late 70s. And it's amazing the kind of stuff he can do. And he just does right. it at home in his backyard. And I think a lot of it is just it's it's balance. And then it's got to be really good for your brain. I mean, it's funny. I, I, I drive a, a scooter slash motorcycle. And I'm thinking that the thing that's good about that is it keeps my brain... Like having to balance myself, and you know, over time. I mean, I don't know how long I'm going to yeah. be able to do it. I'm fi- I'm 58 right now, but uh,
2: you know, I'm hoping to keep
1: <laughs> doing it for another 20 years.
2: You said it correctly.
1: Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> yeah, just keep everyone off the road, you know, and I'll be fine. So, cool. hey, if you don't like the way I drive, stay off the sidewalk.
2: Well, you know, you know what's interesting relating to what uh, he was talking about is there have been pro athletes that I've I've spoken with. For instance, Christian Okoye. I don't know if you guys oh, know yeah, this. Yeah,
1: the Nigerian nightmare. Yeah. Who w- Nigerian.
2: He never played football as a kid, and he, but he was just such a natural athlete. He picked it up. Basketball is the same thing I've seen I've heard stories of pro athletes who didn't play until they were 16, 17, and I think certain sports, they're not so specialized. Baseball, you cannot just suddenly pick it up at the age of 14 and become you know a star. You have to really you know get into it at a young age, But football, basketball, maybe even soccer, I don't know. Um, so I guess it, every sport sort of requires a different approach, obviously, and from the training standpoint, that's probably true as well.
7: Yeah, but again, like the, the better athletes are going to make better baseball players. So, yeah. you know, what I can do here in a weight room is only influence your athleticism. I can't ever get you to to hit a round ball with a round bat. Yeah. better. Mm-hmm. That's up to your hitting coach.
2: Can't get you to hit that ninety-five mile an hour uh, slider. Well, yeah, hand-eye
1: yeah. coordination. I, yeah. I got to think that you gotta, you work a lot with the the core, right? Yeah, yeah,
7: yeah. the the, the, the you know that's obviously that's going to influence a lot of your stability and you know the ability to produce force requires you to have a strong pillar to work through so not just are we looking at the sequence of how the muscles fire from the from the legs you know all that force starts proximally and moves distally so the hips are the engine for force and then it works mm. down through the leg
1: and if you could take 15 pounds off my middle section I could see that <laughs> core <laughs> well, yeah. yeah but you know it's interesting too it's like I, I remember uh, when we were like kids they would to swing a bat they'd say squish the bug you know that'd be I never heard that expression. You never heard that no. oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah but then the thing is as you get older you take your left foot and if you watch these power hitters their 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 left foot if they're a right-handed hitter is not on the ground it's tipped up mm-hmm. f- on the outside step, you know what I mean? You
2: know, he used to really do that a lot. Uh, if you watch old highlight films of this guy, he was a left-handed hitter, but he raised his right foot up, was uh, Mel Ott. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A, a very unusual. And I guess Sada Haruo had a weird kind of Yeah, he did. That's right, exactly. Weird kind of a, an yeah. approach. But yeah, you're right. You, you lift that uh, that foot up, it becomes part of your routine. No, no, I'm talking about at the end. Oh, at the end, at, yeah. At the end, right? Yeah, if, yeah. You, if you
1: watch these power hitters, watch their... Yeah. Uh, you know, if they're right-handed hitting, watch their left foot
3: and watch it's, the left foot, and, it's yeah. and it's curved mm-hmm. out. Interesting. Yeah. I, I would watch power hitting, but I've been watching the Giants recently. No. <laughs> oh That's kind of hard... hey, poor guys. Bruce
2: Bochy. You, you, the Giants a, manager has got to be shaking his head. Well, what's their record right now? Well, as we seven speak, seven and twelve. Seven and twelve. Wow. They haven't won a series yet. Have yeah. not won a series yeah. yet. Well, wait,
1: man hold on. If I was a baseball player and I was seven and twelve, I think I'd be very happy. If I, I mean, if I was a, uh, if I was hitting that. Seven, seven, seven for nineteen. seven. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. 19? Of course team, you or seven yeah. for nineteen. Yeah. yeah, I'd be happy yeah, with yeah, that, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. I don't want that as a team though. That's no, as a team. Okay. No. All right, hey, guys, we're gonna cut to our first commercial break. Uh, we're talking about just uh, sports facts. If you, and uh, by the way, uh, David, if you know the answer to this, don't answer yet because when we come back, we'll see if you can. If you uh, answer, answer it, it,
2: Edward, is going to discipline you. Yeah, <laughs>
1: because remember, we're cutting to break. We don't want you yeah. to answer it. You don't want this guy mad now. at you either. He, <laughs> let me tell you,
2: he's just a meanie. You don't want me.
7: Angry. I'm not very smart,
1: so don't okay,
2: worry.
1: <laughs> 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 hey, listen, we all had six years of high school. Um, what is the state sport of Maryland? Ooh
2: good question. There's a state sport. Uh, I bet you I, I know. I'm going to I have, you a, think you know I have okay. a good Okay. All right,
1: don't touch that dial. The best uh, I
7: can
2: boy, I got to remember what Joe okay, on. Okay, it's Friday. You're Too entitled many, okay, to be a little, you Sporting
8: know. Why don't want will be right back. <laughs> Call now for your free face-to-face consultation. 800-813-9940. 800-813-9940.
9: 800-813-9940.
10: your process lower your monthly mortgage payments save your home and your credit but you must act now call 800-274-7312 800-274-7312 not available in all states Hayden, non-attorney spokesperson
1: welcome back to sports econ 101 again i'm edward brown your host along with bruce mcgowan and our special co-host russell jackman
2: better
3: uh, known as rj
1: <laughs> rj okay i
3: like go. that buddy. yeah all right buddy that's your buddy, nickname buddy sotello yes. buddy Citello. Oh, well, that, right. that was a
2: stage yeah, name that yeah. was a stage name huh? all right so yeah, buddy
1: uh, for first trivia question what is the state sport of maryland let's, you want to take a guess because i've got let, a pretty let, good let, idea let's first g- see if our uh guess right, let's see if yeah. david
7: spits it's, it's got to have something to do with crab cakes
2: right <laughs> <laughs> the
7: crab
1: eating contest no yeah. Okay, uh, Brussels, Russell, you know La the answer. Tr-
2: I was going to say lacrosse. That's no. what I said. Lacrosse, jousting, no. jousting. <laughs> Who would have come up with that? Does that mean on the horses 1500s? with yeah. the horses with the? uh yeah. They actually still yeah, have yeah. that. I, I don't know. That's
3: but a that's dangerous just, sport. Yeah, the is, renfa- yeah. Renaissance fair, must yeah, have. probably but that's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. They'll even
2: poke if you, your eye out. Even if you have yeah. a, a shield, <laughs> you get knocked off the horse, you can break your neck. You know, it's funny. I saw a Renaissance
1: fair one. They were doing the jousting. Really? And this one guy hit the other guy actually in the
2: head. Now they had the
1: helmets on. Yeah. Oh, he fell off the horse. and It's like, man, that's gotta hurt.
2: And he was up on on his feet in a matter of seconds. Yeah. though, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: All right. So our uh, special guest is David Smits, who's an athletic trainer. And uh, David, you wanted to get into the economics of uh, athletic training. I'd love to talk to you about that. We well,
7: we can get into the economics. We can talk about uh, you know why it's important. Why why yeah. why would an agent hire me to? Uh, prepare their players for the, for the upcoming uh, scouting combine or their pro day events please um, whatever whatever whatever
2: well we're, yeah we're, let's talk about that first. I, I, the economics is interesting but why, you know how do you get for instance how do, how do you get hooked up with agents who say hey uh, David, I'd like you to work with uh, this athlete I just signed with the uh, you know, the 49ers and he needs you know to get in shape or whatever. How, do, how does that happen?
7: Yeah well to back up uh, I've been doing this for about nine years now. Uh, preparing athletes for the scouting combine and for their individual pro day events and so if you can imagine like your college admission um, requirements you have your gpa and you have your act or your sat score and so just like that when the players come out from college and are working their way into the nfl their game film that they put down while they were at school represents their gpa and then their combine scores or their, their quantitative scores of their pro day represent their ACT or SAT. So it gives teams uh, an objective opportunity to evaluate athleticism and really look at whether this particular player is backing up uh, with their athleticism what these scouts, what these GMs, what these decision makers are seeing on film.
1: Yeah, because I I was thinking also like when they go to the combine and they you know run a forty yard dash and you know four point two, I mean if you're going to help them run it at four point one, it's going to make that much difference. I mean I can imagine these um, uh, the not the scouts but but I mean the agents realizing that their paycheck could be severely enhanced or the other way around. You know, so I, I could see them hiring you and saying, listen, you got to get this guy to a, this certain level so he can get this kind of contract, right?
7: Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. You know, whether we go in the first round, the second round, the yeah. third round, these teams, you know, if you have two tight ends that, that are pretty much identical in terms of your grade if you're a GM, you know, they're the same height, the same weight, and this happens a lot. How are you gonna differentiate between tight end one A and one B? we well, you're gonna look at their 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 combine events. You're gonna look at, you know, how well they tested. Um, and, and, well, I was so going to ask you: do,
1: do you do you um, get paid based? Like, can you make part of your pay say, hey, "Listen, if the guy goes in the first round, I want this kind of a bonus"? Or, I mean, not want to, but I mean, like, you know, uh, some kind of incentive for you too.
7: Yeah, I mean, that's oh, good. That's, that's right. definitely um, part of how we work with agents. You know, they will they will give us a de minimis upfront payment, and then we will we'll bonus out based upon round status. But mostly, what I do is I just work on a fee basis, and so you know, when we talk about preparing a player. This is not just them coming to the gym a couple times a week. This is us taking on every aspect of their preparation, because this is uh, where, where you know, the numbers are concerned, important, but also, you know, they have to be able to interview well, and they have to be able to conduct yeah. themselves uh, like professionals, because that, that's what they're doing. They're interviewing for a job.
2: Mm. Yeah. Athletic Director David Smith is joining us here on Sports Econ 101. I got to ask you, you've worked, obviously, with a lot of well-known athletes over the years, some that aren't well-known. But can you give us a little, you know, a little story about maybe one or two guys and some interesting little sidelights that the the fans might find uh, interesting about these guys and you know that, that make them more human? I guess you could say.
7: Yeah. I like well, I mean, uh, guys like um, Zach Ertz, for example, uh, who's the starting tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he's been, you know, a part of our gym. Or you know, as long as I can remember, um, you know, I from 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 his earliest years uh, at uh, at Monta Vista through Stanford uh, into the pros. You know, we did his combine preparation, and you know, he uh, and I have a wonderful relationship. I was actually in his wedding hmm. uh, this last year with Julie Ertz uh, or Julie Johnston at that time. Isn't he she? A, isn't she an athlete too? I
2: think she's a, she's an athlete also, isn't she?
7: Yeah, she's a, she's a world class soccer player. Yeah. and uh, one, of, one of our one of our best players on our on our national team. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when Zach hauled in that touchdown pass, you know, when we were sitting in the end zone this year in Minnesota uh, mm-hmm. to win the Super Bowl, I mean, that kind of stuff is mm-hmm. really, you know, that's awesome, just, just, just incredible. And to see you know a young man that's so buttoned up all the time just let loose as he as he realizes this, mm-hmm. this lifelong dream. I mean, that's the type of stuff that you know just kind of once-in-a-lifetime opportunities that, that we get to be a part of.
1: I mean, I, I was thinking about how, like you know, we were talking earlier about how, you know, your pay might be tied in with how well someone does at a combine. And I'm thinking, if I'm you and I'm going to have, a, you know, potentially a lot bigger payday if someone goes in the first round, I'm going to have a guy babysit that player and say, no pizza, <laughs> you know, stay off the carbs. I mean, you, you have to really watch what they do.
7: Well, I mean, that's exactly right. And during the pre-draft process, you know, that lasts somewhere between eight to 10 weeks. And these guys come and live here. So we rent houses. Oh. We take care of everything from their nutrition. So every single meal that they eat Good. is custom built for them based upon where we want them to be, either in an energy deficit or, or an energy surplus or a maintenance and is tied into exactly what we're doing in the training at that time. Um, and then your speed work your linear speed so working on the 40 uh and then your lateral speed because you have the five ten five 5 and the l drill to work on uh your weight so the things that kind of influence your your uh rate of force production out during these drills uh you know we lift four days a week and then developing a physique that that makes you even more appealing you know what everybody likes to likes to see a uh, uh, a jack specimen on stage, you know, and and wants to wants to draft the the guy with the six pack abs and the broad shoulders and the and the big butt. But uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't sometimes a, though, I don't that know. doesn't translate into a good athlete. I mean, there've been there've been some athletes I've seen that look like guys that are refugees from beer leagues that are just tremendous Johnny athletes. Johnny Cueto, oh, well, yeah. well, yeah. Johnny Cueto. Well, baseball especially, baseball, but yeah. but I, I notice in, in uh, there are other guys that you know look like they're you know Carl Lewis incarnate, and they yeah. and they. They can't do anything on the field, you know. I've seen a few of those guys too. So I guess it's it is, it does help if you're in great shape, but it's not necessarily a guarantee, is it?
1: I got better oh, than a six pack. No. I got a keg. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like that. That's good. You like that. Edwards well, on
3: his on his A game here today. Put up Is this thing on? I, I actually have a, a, a what I would consider a tough question because I, I worked with a lot of people that were training to become professional wrestlers. So there's there's a uh, parallel to what you you do and. I think one of the toughest things that we ever had to deal with was when you have to tell someone that their dream is over and that they're um, not going to make it. Um, how do you deal with that when you have to tell someone that that they're just not going to meet the mm. goals that they've set and that no matter what you guys try it's not going to happen
7: yeah well that's a that's a fantastic question and so the the idea that you know we set out with goals that are going to help the help the player succeed where they want to be draft status wise where, what they want to accomplish in the NFL you know we kind of lay out what teams are expecting them to run and you know we have a day called reality day where I bring out the laser timing system and I bring out the steel tape and we run through exactly where they are on that day because that's what matters right like what where you are today is What's important, not what your all-time bests were, not not what you ran in high school, where you are today, yeah. and where we can where we can get you. And sometimes there's a discrepancy there because I can only do so much, you know. On the forty-yard dash, if I can take off three tenths of a second from your time, so if you run a you know a five zero on day one, if I can get you go four seven, that's about what I'm capable of in in, gotcha. in eight to ten weeks of training. And and
1: how what percentage of athletes use a tr- uh, an athletic trainer like you?
7: Uh, anybody anybody that has uh, got a draft grade uh, is going to want to work with somebody like me. And really, that's part of the expectations of the business now. So the idea that you know if you're going to sign with an agent, part of your expectation is that he's going to help invest and pay for training. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Yeah,
1: good, yeah. Good if point. If you don't mind me asking, generally, what does it cost to hire you or someone like you um, for a, an eight-week period?
7: We are somewhere around uh, one thousand two hundred a week to, to prepare yeah, these guys. So for so for a ten for a yeah, 10, ten week yeah. program, yeah, you're you're looking at you know twelve thousand dollars basically. That's that's, um,
1: that's, that's, that's worth that's it a, when you're going to uh, get an extra million dollars on a contract.
7: Yeah, <laughs> uh. yeah. I mean, but for the most part, these guys are you know you, you know, we all know what the what the rookie contracts look like. You know, yeah. they're not exactly uh, what they once were. So. You know, if you're looking at a seventh round pick, let's say, you know, you, you've got pick 256 or whatnot, if you've got a compensatory pick, you know, you're looking at, uh, you know, assigning bonus of about $69,000 hmm. and a first year salary. Uh, that's not guaranteed of, of 497000
1: Yeah, but you know what, though? It's It could be the difference between getting drafted and not getting drafted.
2: And we're talking about the NFL here. Yeah, yeah specifically right. the NFL. Yeah. So,
1: David Spitz, thank you so much for joining us. We'll definitely have to have you on again on uh, Sports Econ 101. It's uh, been a pleasure having you. All right.
2: Thanks, guys.
7: All right. All right. Good deal. Good yeah, stuff. Interesting stuff. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So we have to
1: get to a quick commercial break yeah. here. Uh, second trivia question. Who merged with the struggling Cleveland Barons mm. in 1978? The Cleveland Barons. Cleveland Barons in 1978. Who? What? What team? You're talking about hockey. Well, how did you know that? That's pretty good. I didn't even know that. Okay, Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back. (laughs)
5: Experience the best Napa Valley has to offer. A perfect combination of wine country serenity and urban hospitality at one of Napa Valley's most luxurious hotels, the River Terrace Inn. Less than an hour's drive from San Francisco and the Bay Area, the River Terrace Inn offers the perfect Napa retreat and is the perfect home base for exploring the wine country in Napa Valley. The River Terrace Inn features luxurious accommodations, personalized services, and a serene riverfront setting. And it's within easy walking distance to various tasting rooms, shopping, and restaurants. Their own Alba Restaurant offers riverfront dining and a menu that highlights shareable, seasonal items that feature local products and natural ingredients. The River Terrace Inn is a spectacular setting for wine country vacation getaways. It's also an ideal place to host meetings or special events. For a change of pace, set aside time in your travel plans to experience the charms of wine country at the River Terrace Inn. Book your stay at RiverTerraceInn.com. Whitewater rafting is the ultimate team
6: sport. And since 1972, Mother Lode River Center has been running river trips from mild to wild on the American River, California's most popular whitewater rafting destination. The company has taken thousands of happy guests downriver while maintaining the industry's best safety record. Mother Lode River Center is California's original whitewater resort, spanning half a mile of gorgeous riverfront. An ideal choice for birthday parties, family vacations, or an adventurous day out with friends. Motherload is the only rafting outfitter with an on-site zip line and high ropes challenge course. Exciting new offerings this season include the best of the gold country package with whitewater rafting, zip lining, gold panning, overnight accommodations, and meals combined for the ultimate weekend of fun. Book your trip today by calling 530-626-4187 or visit us at maload.com, maload.com. See you on the river.
1: I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan and Russell Jackman. That was a... Great segments we yeah. had with uh, David Smith. Very yeah. informative. It was it was good. Okay, so second trivia question, who merged with the struggling Cleveland Barons in 1978?
2: Well, I know that the that the Oakland Seals who were originally the California Seals and then they actually had a minor league team called the San Francisco Seals, but when, when the NHL expanded in 1966-67, they had six franchises. I think St. Louis and Minnesota and Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, and there was, I guess, the team in Anaheim. Or no, not Anaheim, the LA Kings. The Seals were one of them, but they didn't do very well. Charlie Finley owned them. They didn't draw well. They didn't play well. Yeah. Charlie and, Finley
3: owned them? For a brief wow. time. Okay.
2: And they moved uh, to Cleveland and became the Barons. And then I thought that it was my understanding that Barons um, – Disbanded and most of their players went to Minnesota, but I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, but is that is that your, your final, final answer? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's correct. Yeah. The Minnesota North Stars. Minnesota. Thank you
3: for not embarrassing but me here, by asking me what yeah, I thought the answer yeah.
2: was. Here's the thing. The Minnesota North <laughs> right. Stars were around. I don't know why the North Stars got to absorb the Cleveland Barons. That doesn't make sense to me because they were like any other NHL team. Maybe they were a team that was floundering and they decided well, to get no, it. Had the they, money. To, or you know, also get the, the distance. They yeah, but no, no. Why, but think about it. Why would you take? You know, if a team is is folding, why would one team get all that? Team's maybe
1: maybe in? they were so bad that they needed to. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah.
3: or they could afford to pick or, up the contracts. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know.
1: So we have Buddy Sotelo. I thought we had Russell Jackman here, but we also have I thought Buddy we had Sotello. Kenji Shibuya and Mitsu Alakawa <laughs>
2: and Red Bastine and Bearcat Wright and Ray <laughs> Stevens. Those yeah. are names that you know, most people don't remember oh, now
1: no, they got, you know, and then, and then, then there was another segment yeah. of, of uh, the undertaker. Yeah. And, uh,
2: I like the old, the, the guys back in the, that I mentioned, yeah, them, the sixties, the
3: sixties, well, just lost one of their main icons. Oh, who's that? that? Is Bruno Sam. Oh yeah. Samartino. And how uh, old was he? He was 82. Well, that's a good one. And, life. uh, he was so. champion for most of the late sixties and mid seventies. So you say champion was, were these guys actually, were these fights on the up
2: and up or were they, No, they re- weren't. They, yeah. you know, and that, that, but
3: the, That was the thing is that Bruno San Martino went back to what we call kayfabe, the days of kayfabe, which is that they acted as if it was real and the audience bought into that. And I was just talking to a friend of mine last night about how that all emerged and how things have changed in today's era, much like we were talking about baseball a couple of of minutes ago, is that back in the 60s and 70s, the only real combat sports that you could watch on tv boxing were boxing and wrestling wrestling there yeah, was no MMA. There was no, no yeah. you know, uh, uh, there was no ultimate fighting championship. So, or if you Coliseum want to see Lions. And- no, or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. I mean, say, you know, maybe on w- wide world of sports, you'd see karate every once in a while. Or or roller derby. See, or you'd see, you know, uh, actual wrestling, you know, Greco Roman wrestling yeah, yeah. in the Olympics. But by and large, the only time you'd get to see any kind of regular combat sports would be on wrestling. You know, even you think about boxing, why World of Sports would have it on every so often, but it wasn't yeah. a weekly thing, yeah. not a serialized thing like, like wrestling became. Yeah. And, and wrestling told a storyline. That was behind everything. Like guys a good were, guy, bad guy. Yeah, and guys or? were fighting for a championship. They oh, would, yeah. you know, one guy would come Revenge out, and, or something, yeah, yeah, exactly, and, and beat one guy up and take his title, and then that guy would go and follow him and try to get the title. And usually, that guy with a if he was a bad guy with the help of his manager, like what I used to do, would go in and interfere and keep that guy from winning a title <laughs> over <laughs> we and over hated again. You guys, and that, <laughs> yeah, and that would that would be the we you'd call it a build up, and then you'd have some kind of big event that you would call the blow off where, you know, that guy would go and get his revenge and okay, body slam the let manager. let me interrupt you for a second because yes. y-
1: you, you played the bad guy manager yes. who would sometimes yeah. interfere. Right. Yeah. How would Was you interfere? You, well, well I, I could see, you know, yeah. you, you, you distract the referee yeah. and, Correct. and you hit him with a, a chair or something like that yeah. or whatever, throw salt in his eyes. But question for you is, um, because the audience may or may not have known you know, that, you got to think most people kind of knew but still get frustrated right? So Was your life ever, like, threatened, or or was there any real danger you were in? No,
3: thank God that that never happened to me. Although, here's a good mini story, is that uh, Vinny Massaro, my quote-unquote cousin that I was taking to the ring, you know, I was managing him to the ring. We once got to – we were in Pacifica, and we were so hated in Pacifica. People would throw – just – Vinny just knew how to how to just get the crowd I mean, Pacifica, going. Pacifica, they I were just a, a okay. very rabid crowd in Pacifica. Okay. Whatever was reason the it 90s was, nineties or uh, no, 2000. Oh, okay. like, wow. yeah, no two thousand. Oh, like yeah, two thousand. I thought they were more
1: sophisticated, but okay, no, go ahead. no,
3: not in Pacifica. Not where in Pacifica. where did they actually uh, Pacifica High? Oh, Pacifica High. Okay, yeah, cause um, and,
2: probably because it's always foggy in Pacifica. Yeah. Those that don't know, Pacifica <laughs> is just they,
3: south of San Francisco on the coast. It's always foggy there. Or or if the Knicks have run out of crab salad sandwiches, that would make oh Knicks that would make you upset. Uh, so, anyway, uh, this kid in the front row threw an entire cup of, of white hot coffee all Ooh. over Vinny. Uh, they missed me. But Ouch. It, 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 and, you uh, know, Vinny, but Vinny, you know, that's one of the things. He's supposed to be a tough guy, so he went in and, and you know, shook it off. And, and, and
1: beat the hell out of the kid.
3: No, no, no we didn't touch the kid <laughs> at all. You know, he, he had his match. was a good match. And then after the match who was waiting right outside the locker room to get an autograph from us. Really? Yeah. Is the, yeah. the guy now, who threw the coffee. Yeah. The guy had, you know, issues. You know, he was yeah. uh, uh, a, a uh, what you would call, you know, a uh, special education oh, type, okay. uh, type so person. So you gave, gave him a little wide yeah, burst. Yeah, and, you know, because for him it was so real, yeah. what we yeah, were doing. Yeah. Was, it was hard for him to separate out the reality from what he was watching. I mean, it's okay to, you know, well, kind of yell, I hate you well, or something, but also hot coffee, Let's put it though. this way. In every kung fu film you've ever seen, okay, nobody ever got punched. No, right? They they missed by about three inches. Right, but you watch it and you are affected by it. You say, "Oh, Bruce Lee's one of the great martial artists. Chuck Norris, one of the great martial artists. Uh, Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal couldn't beat up like you know somebody's (laughs) grandmother at this stage, you know." But of course, they pay actors to you know flip around and do all that stuff. Staged fighting is something that we as a culture have always. You know, gone and given that belief of that kayfabe level of cool. it.
1: Well, it. and fits, we still do. Finish off the story though. Did, did, did he give him the autograph? Oh yeah, we
3: gave him an autograph and and shook his hand, and he was as happy to meet us as as anybody. But in hmm. the in the moment, because going to ringside, we just elicit that much emotion. From people that sometimes people have that hard time to differentiate. And and it is a lot of that that thing that you want to have a bad guy that you can you can revile against. How often do you you go off script? There wasn't that wasn't we would know that a guy would 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 win. But the wrestlers themselves would do a very long time of. Figuring out in the locker room w- how they were going to do their match, what moves they were going to do. Yeah. And stuff doesn't go right all the time. So well, sometimes you, could, you, you could, have to tell well, the ref, we're going to take this thing home because this guy's hurt. Oh, yeah, I've seen or guys get I've seen, really I've badly I've seen, hurt. I've
1: seen guys, you know, just. Oh, yeah. It's, it, well, just things seem to go on for minutes and minutes and you yeah. can tell they're just catching their breath.
3: That's, part, that's of part of it. That's part of it. They shouldn't, they should be able to be in shape. They should yeah. call a match well enough that they have the high spots and the, the action spots interspersed with time that they have rest yeah. holds or they're outside the ring, you know, so, so, taking one, a so blow, one that's, you know,
1: scripted, let's say so that, you know, uh, Mr. Jones is going to beat Mr. Smith. Um, Tony this, Jones facing oh, my friend Mark Smith. <laughs> oh, yeah, something yes. like that. Okay, uh, I, I know a Jones w- and a Smith. Would, would the would the intended loser ever kind of go? No, I. You know what? Screw this.
3: I want to win. That I was is what. That yeah. is what's known as a potatoing. And it happens, yeah. When one guy gets really fed up with another guy botching his spots, and he drops him, and he stiffs him, he 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 does the wrong move to somebody, and the the guy gets you know clocked in the face or something like that. The other guy will just respond back and beat the living hell out of him. I mean, literally hurt <laughs> him. Oh yeah, I've yeah. seen that happen. Well, a number no, but of I times.
1: mean, uh, we're. I'm like where the guy who was supposed to win doesn't win. because It's guy, happened. He, it's yeah.
3: happened. And, and when it has happened, the ref doesn't really know what's going on. So sometimes. The, <laughs> because the ref's supposed to yeah, know ahead of time who's yes, supposed to win. Yes. And yeah. then the back in the locker room, you have a lot of problems you have a lot of people like really furious that the storylines are are shot or a guy who was supposed to win a title that was promised to get a title doesn't get a title yeah it's it's live it's live acting so yeah but don't some guys get
2: tired of saying i'm i'm tired of being a loser i want to be a winner yeah they do
3: yeah i I remember
1: when hulk hogan first came out he was he was a bad guy and then someone decided at some point he was a good guy
3: yeah no it's it it does happen where guys say i'm tired of the the one thing that's difficult is in the wwe now it's basically a monopoly you know in in the, the major leagues of wrestling if you really want to be a star you got to be in the wwe so what vince mcmahon says goes and if he says it's time for you to be a good guy and you're like but i just don't I look, do that yeah, sort of uh-huh. thing you know they go well it's now it's your time you know Either you that or you're, out of, you're out or you're here. out and that's yeah. the, you're all independent contractors in the wwe Interesting. So it's
1: Interesting. sort of like the don king of boxing where yeah he basically we're setting you up to beat this you know or not 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 staged so much but but he decides who's gonna yeah, so you
3: get to fight yeah, too. he's the kingmaker, and he's yeah. the one that Ooh. says, I like your look, and, and if you, I want to advance you, you're going to advance. It doesn't matter that you're necessarily so physically talented. Uh, like, for instance, this uh, lady wrestler named Bailey, and she's from here. She's from the Bay Area, hmm. and I worked with her. Yeah. She's, she's really fantastic, but she gets stuck in some storylines where she has to lose a lot because they know she'll still be popular even if she loses, mm. as opposed to other folks that if they don't win, they're either not going to get enough heat as bad guys or they're not oh, yeah. going to get enough cheers as good guys. Well, mm-hmm. I, th- I think so, about, like, Ronda Rousey. So, I mean, she's a very oh, pretty yeah. lady. Oh, yeah, she just came in and, and uh, in WrestleMania. In? Yeah, she yeah. was just fighting in WrestleMania. How'd she do. I, horrible. I, that horrible. was a horrible match. But it was mainly because it involved uh, Stephanie McMahon, who's uh, Vince McMahon's daughter, okay. fighting her, and she's not very good. Oh. And it had Triple H, who's now my age which is a little scary about like (laughs) he's still in great shape but it featured some people who are on the older side you know Uh, wrestling and and with ronda who's not really skilled in wrestling either it was more of a uh let's pay attention to it because of the people involved match and it is because you wanted to see a lot of really good wrestling
1: yeah because i gotta say that um you know I, i when i was a kid i loved watching big time wrestling is what they called it back then and then I've the Roy
3: Shire
2: production here in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. there was, I that was that was pretty, okay. with Walt Harris as your announcer. Yes, is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walt Harris. I remember Gray but... Stevens hated Walt Harris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they always but, used to. He called him Ah, hey, yeah,
1: pencil neck. <laughs> yeah. But but it's interesting because as you know things got more theatrical and and you you had these bigger wrestlers you know Stone Cold and all these other guys. The one thing I did notice was. These guys were actually a lot more athletic than the guys in the '60s. It was inc- it's, oh, yeah. it's incredible. The that's kind of the, the way that sports is, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean We've seen sports more make that same yeah. that yeah. same thing. You could basketball
3: say, what they can do now. When I look at when I look ago, at uh, uh, hard classics, you know, uh, on the NBA channel, and they show stuff from the '70s. And you yes. see guys who look like, you know, they they could be like gym teachers maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they, they Except for Dr. J, of course. Yeah, uh, Thor, yeah Thor, and Thor. They, J, but yeah. there's maybe one on really? the team. Yeah. Yeah. Other guys were, you know, uh, 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 folks that, are, you know, ball, balding hairlines and, you know, r- you know regular big horn-rimmed glasses out there. And, you know, you'd say they'd get Rambles. killed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, no, <laughs> no Kurt was, was a he, tough he guy. Was, I, yeah. Really yeah. yeah, I That's give him other. credit. He could probably play in today's era. But a lot of the folks from, I think, the 60s that were, you know, Oh, they couldn't even plan a college team. Some of them, yeah, and and yeah. because the athletic level has been kicked up yeah, so yeah. much. And well, you know why that is because
2: of now guys don't have to have off season jobs. They can do this all year round because they're making
3: so much good money. And that was kind of the way yeah. it was with wrestling too. Is that a lot of wrestlers didn't always wrestle all the time and they were piano movers mm. and they were yeah. you know bouncers at bars. Well, yeah, you
1: couldn't make things a living. Just yeah, a no, no, no. I knew, so I knew would... a
3: guy who actually wanted to be a bouncer at a bar just because he
2: wanted to get into fights. Oh, Seriously, that's those. The that's kind of guys the, well, I don't guys want to be his wind up being wrestlers. Well, that's the yeah. kind of guy you want as a bouncer, though, because he's not gonna take, or or you don't, take guff, I don't want to take any guts. I want to get
1: the lawsuits that come out of yeah. it. Yeah. All right, hey guys, uh, another trivia question here. This one I think you guys will know. Okay. Kite flying is a professional sport in which country? Really? Kite flying.
2: You're talking about getting up on the on the on a, like a hang glider?
1: No, 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 no. Like oh, just flying fly- a kite.
3: Flying don't a kite is an official it's profe- sport. It's a
1: professional sport in which country? I thought you know this. All right, oh,
3: all right. I used to have one, so I actually know. <laughs> I actually know what the answer to this <laughs> uh, is. Really? You okay, do? Don't touch that oh. dial. Sports Econ yeah. One will be right back. That I have no idea. I had a fighting kite. A fighting kite. <laughs>
4: 64.
1: Welcome back to Sport Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan and our special co-host, Russell Jackman. Uh, third trivia question. Kite flying is a professional sport in which country? And Russell, you said you knew this. Yeah,
3: I used to have a tie. Thai- Fighting kite. Ta- so Thailand? Thailand, yeah. very good. Yeah. I would have yeah. said somewhere in Asia for some yeah. reason. I don't know and why. And I guess
1: that's right. That's what the professional sport is. It's not just, gee, who can have the kite yeah. highest. It's it's the fighting of them. Right? Yeah. Oh. you you They
3: they have like uh, barbs on the strings. Wow. And they have little hooks on the kites themselves and you try to swerve them into it's sort other of the, kites it, it's and knock like, them down. It's like the
1: the Ben-Hur, um
3: remember
1: the classic uh, oh, Ben-Hur sure. It's tough.
3: Those yeah. kites are really hard to maneuver. Yeah, they, bad. But yeah. once you got uh, the the what happened to my kite was that um I was flying it over at McKegney Green in Tiburon, right? And um I wanted to see how far it could go. Right? How oh. high. Yeah, yeah, and big, guess big what? Mistake. Hit an airplane. No, the string wasn't tied at the very oh, end. Of the, <laughs> it, just the off, huh? it just flew off. It right just flew. Ended right up on. in the bay, right? Yes. Yeah. Ended up in the so bay. So in other words, you just were like
1: polluting off. the air um, with a kite. With a kite. No,
3: more Richardson Bay. Richardson the the bay. mud. The mud of Richardson Did Bay. Did you see it, just, it end up in the bay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, you, there's no retrieving gently, it. It
2: gently floated down. Yeah. No retrieving it from there. No. No. Not at all. It's
1: like what? What is it? What do you call it when you litter? Yeah. You, litter, you littered the planet with your kite. Oh, thank, thank you very Richardson much, bay. Buddy Sotelo. I think Richardson <laughs> Bay,
3: anything you could throw into the Richardson Bay right now could only improve. For it. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's true. For Absorb those who something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: For those who don't know, Richardson Bay is actually a very pretty area. Basically.
5: Just
3: don't, yeah. don't swim in Just, it. just north just of the Golden swim, Gate. Yeah. 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 I mean, I what, what makes it so dirty? Just don't hang out at well, low it's tide. It's very shallow. Well, and now that you've heard about Hunter's Point, there's been a whole lot of toxic stuff that was dumped into the bay. Well, it's, it's, Hunter's, it's,
2: it's Hunter's point. It you deserves got, it. You've got to yes. remember Sausalito was a yes. place where there was, was a lot of activity military. on the waterfront, oh, yeah. military That's, and so military, on. Military, know, yeah. I just yeah. went
1: to the World War II Museum in New Orleans. Oh. They did a very good job on that. Yeah. Hey, guys, we have to cut out for today. Here's our thoughts for the day. I've learned so much from my mistakes. I'm thinking of making a few more.
2: <laughs> and I don't I like that.
1: I don't suffer from insanity, I enjoy every minute of uh, it. All right, tune in next week like to Sports one Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. That's easy
2: for you to say.
1: Is, blah, blah, yeah. Thanks for <laughs> That's all folks. Uh thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host Edward Brown. We'll see you next week.
2: Good night America. Oh.